0: Hey, you guys!
1: Hey, blood and winers! How are you? Hate it, <laughs> no, blood and that. winos. <laughs>
0: yeah, and maybe, we
1: maybe you're blood and winos, not blood and winers. They're not winers. No, they're well, winos. That's... We're okay. winos. We're winos. That... We're winers.
0: Both, both. <laughs> um, but normally we start each episode with a little bit of banter, chatting about something. Usually life. Usually complaining. Honestly. Uh, but this time, it's going to be the complete opposite because we are not complaining. Like, fucking alarms and Like, guys. Guys.
1: We have some really, really exciting news. And we hinted at it a few weeks ago. But we yes. can finally announce it and Which, let you guys know what's been going on and this, what we have coming up.
0: This has been so hard not to tell y'all about this. Not to. But we finally can. The, the press release is out. We can finally. Finally, finally tell y'all something that we've been dying to tell you about.
1: Yes. So, in two weeks...
0: Two weeks from today. So, the episode coming out on November 27th...
1: Is going to be special. It's
0: going to be very special.
1: We are interviewing two of the lead investigators for an investigation discovery documentary, Cold Valley.
0: So, Cold Valley goes over the Lewis Clark serial killer case from the late 70s, early 80s. Investigation Discovery is doing a two-part documentary uh, that comes out.
1: On November 29th is the first part, Mm -hmm. and then the second part is December 6th, so it's a week after.
0: So this episode is live just a few days before uh, the premiere of Cold Valley, Mm -hmm. and y'all, we have... This is insane. Uh, Investigation Discovery reached out to us. They wanted to partner with us. And we have the opportunity to interview these two investigators. And we've watched the... so
1: awesome. It's...
0: Oh, my God. We've watched the first episode... And
1: y'all, this is fucking good. Amazing. It is so good. We can't wait to have the opportunity to talk to these two, and we're so excited to be able to feature that for y'all. So, our episode in two weeks, it's going to be a little bit different, but trust me, it is going to be worth it. It is going to be amazing, and we're so excited. We,
0: I cannot explain how exciting all of this is. And the, these two women we're interviewing are just incredible
1: Uh, they are oh my god
0: i am so excited one for us to interview them two for y'all to hear it and three for y'all to watch cold valley
1: yes oh my gosh if you have not watched documentaries on investigation discovery you're seriously missing out
0: oh my gosh it and they have an app if you have cable um you can get get the app on like if you have a fire stick Um, the app is on iOS, uh, the Android, I mean, the apps out there, you can watch, uh, these documentaries there. They're one, this channel in general, we've mentioned a couple documentaries that we've watched previously from it in earlier episodes, but I cannot explain how good Cold Valley is. It's
1: so, so (laughs) good. And we are going to be waiting with everyone to watch the second half of it. Yes. And I... It was so, so cool to get a sneak preview of the first part, but oh my god, I it's just left me wanting more.
0: I know. I'm so excited that we got to watch the episode a few weeks early, but now I'm like, shit, we have to wait like a month I before part two comes out. But good guys, y'all, I, uh, I can't.
1: I am so, I, yes, I am so excited as well. This is going to be amazing.
0: Yes, and I just I cannot wait uh, for y'all to all be a part of it.
1: Absolutely. Well, you know what else is exciting? Mm-hmm. Being a Patreon member.
0: Yes, it is. Getting that was to check a, out- like, I like the transition. <laughs> I like it.
1: Getting to check out our murder minis, and I promise you guys, we're gonna have something special uh, that has to do with investigation discovery on yes. our Patreon only page. We don't know what it is just yet, but we're coming up with something that's mm-hmm. going to be unique that you guys are going to get to see uh, yeah. potentially behind the scenes. We really don't know. Yeah, we're A working, lot of it depends on what we yeah. what we can share with you guys. But yeah, we're, we're working with their
0: legal team just to make sure that what we can actually give you guys, what we can kind of give you all access to. So it's in the works, but if you are wanting to get uh, some more insight into all this, I mean, now is the time to join our Patreon family.
1: Yes, and we have multiple tiers. On top of that, again, there's the murder minis. We do handwritten notes, Mm -hmm. social shoutouts, on-air shoutouts. There's just a lot of perks for you guys, but the Mm -hmm. biggest cream of the crop are the murder minis, and those are extra cases that we do for Patreon listeners only.
0: Well, the murder minis, but also, I mean, come on, being able to Pick the topic of an episode, direct it. That's my favorite one.
1: I know. And I That's love fair. I love doing that.
0: Some of our episodes in the past that have been Patreon picks were our Halloween episode. Yes. Uh, we did Buried Alive. Buried Alive.
1: That, was, that um, was a Patreon pick.
0: And which we have another one coming up soon, next week, actually. Yep. But it's awesome.
1: So just go check us out on Patreon and find out some more info. And then also be sure to subscribe to us on mm-hmm. iTunes, Google Play. We're on Spotify now. Just a reminder. Yes. And just check us out.
0: Check us out. Get that notification.
1: <laughs> I, I love getting them. So with that, uh, do you want to hop into what our topic is? We're doing something do. a little bit different that we've hinted at.
0: We have. And we we've finally started it. We've mentioned it before and I lost last time. So I was like, you know what? I want to do this. <laughs> and so our topic is actually a location-based one. Yes. Um I picked Ukraine murders. So, murders in the country of Ukraine.
1: Yes. And if you remember, we've mentioned, I believe, just in in a past episode... Yeah, I I couldn't
0: tell you which one it was. No idea.
1: The idea is to do a murder or a crime that happens in a country and pair it with a wine or a different beverage from that country. Yes. So, and I say that because we're not drinking wine tonight.
0: Yeah, you might have heard ice clanking a little earlier. Don't worry. We're not people who put ice in their wine glasses. If that's you do, you all the love in my heart.
1: Don't understand it, but we still love you.
0: Yeah, one of my friends was telling me earlier how she'll put uh, tap water in her wine. Two-thirds tap water, one-third wine. I love her to death. Why?
1: Why is she running wine like that? I don't know. The only thing I've ever heard of Sorry is- to
0: shit on y'all if that's what you do, but... Why?
1: Why? The only time I've heard doing something like that that made a little bit of sense is when you're working an event, but you're mm-hmm. socializing, and so you need to, you That's know, smart. have a beverage. Well... But not regular water, sparkling water. Yeah.
0: I have heard of a lot, I believe in Argentina, Chile, they'll put sparkling water in wine when they have it at lunch, so that you can have a, you know, you have a couple glasses of wine, but you're not come back to yep. drunk being like, hey, bitches, you know, you can function. Also, I had a two, lunch
1: drink. I had a lunch drink.
0: If two glass of wine does that She tula. had three. Okay. Yeah, three glasses might <laughs> might put me there. Anyway, so a little bit of background on the Ukraine, which I want to note right here as I say it, it. I've seen it referred to as Ukraine and the Ukraine. Yeah. In the same way of like, you might say the United States, but you wouldn't say the Spain I've seen it Good referred point. to as both ways, though, so I'm not positive what is correct, so I'm probably going to wind up using both, honestly. Yeah. So, Ukraine is a country in Eastern Europe, and it was formerly part of the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has a population of 42.5 million, so it's a little bit what? bigger than the state of California in the U.S., And size-wise, like land area, it's just a tiny bit smaller than the U.S. state of Texas where we are. So just kind of if you are not familiar with Europe or if you're more familiar with uh, geography in the United States, that gives you kind of a little handle of like,
1: oh, okay. Size-wise. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So in 2010, Ukraine had a murder rate of 4.3 per 100,000. Uh, that's how murder rate is, that's how you'll usually see it calculated, yeah. is a number per 100,000. Yeah. And while well, 4.3 may sound like a lot, and it is. It is, that's um, a lot. It's actually lower than both the world average of 6.2. Oh. And the United States murder rate, which is 5.35.
1: Great.
0: And just as a fun thing to throw in, the murder rate in St. Louis, Missouri which is uh, the city with the highest uh, murder rate in the U.S. among large cities,
1: Yeah,
0: uh, is 59.8.
1: Oh, my God. So St. Louis
0: is 10 times. uh, I know, that's kind of horrifying. But anyway, so a little bit of perspective there. A city in the U.S. that would be similar-ish to the murder rate of Ukraine would be Portland, Oregon. If you're familiar with Portland murders, I guess there's a... It's a benchmark. I don't know. I just wanted to throw some comparisons in here. Um, And in 2010, there were a total of 1,988 murders in Ukraine. And in 2017, 0.3 percent of Ukrainian crime was homicide. So
1: 0.3 percent.
0: 0.3 percent.
1: Wow. Which I
0: can't tell you if that's really high or not. That sounds really high. It does. How much crime happens? But with the murder rate being what it is, it's
1: Maybe it's not, not. super hot. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know.
0: But yeah, so.
1: Interesting. Well, There's a little
0: background on Ukraine and murder stuff.
1: Yes. And now I'm going to give you a little bit of background on vodka. Yay. And specifically vodka in the Ukraine. So for those who yeah. don't know, vodka is a distilled drink. It's made out of cereal grains or potatoes. And it is very much one of Eastern Europe's favorite libations. Like, yeah. oh, they fucking yeah. love their vodka. The origins of vodka are subject to constant debate. Uh, Russians and Polish people claim they invented it first. But distillation was not possible until the 8th century. And mm. that was when a still, which is the device that's used to mm-hmm. boil um, and then cools to collect the vapor. Yeah. That was when it was invented and producing hard liquor like vodka became possible. Yeah, And in the Ukraine, the traditional distilled beverage is called the... Horilka, and this word comes from the Ukrainian verb for burning, which Mm. is hority. Pretty much, the horilka is a blanket term that could refer to any strong spirit, including vodka. Traditionally, horilka is distilled from wheat or rye, and it has the same alcohol content as Uh, vodka. So
0: kind of like an American whiskey, almost. That's what I think when I think rye.
1: Almost, but by definition, it's the same thing as a vodka because of the alcohol content. Which is process.
0: fair. I mean, because I, I think like in a lot of whiskeys and stuff, one, I think corn's used a lot. Yes. Two, I think a lot of it's from like the being aged and like the wood barrels, and that's where it gets the color and all that stuff.
1: It is, it is. So, so I've done a whiskey distillery tour, oh. and when you look at the whiskey before it's put into the barrels, it's clear.
0: That's weird. It's very
1: weird. But, but okay. creating all... Essentially creating all spirits and all distilled. I mean, yeah. It's the same process.
0: Well, and if you think about it, pretty much all spirits that are distilled in metal or non-wood are clear. You have yeah. vodka, you have gin, you have white tequila. I mean, mm-hmm. so that it would make sense that whiskey, before being put into wooden barrels, would also be clear. Yeah. Weird.
1: So what makes Horilka... Very different is that it is not filtered and cleansed the same way um, and purified like vodkas are. Like oh. a lot of vodkas that you have will be like run through charcoal yeah. and just to like really purify it.
0: Which, fun fact, if you're on a budget and you want to make your plastic bottle of vodka into good vodka and you have a Brita filter, run that shit through it. It works.
1: That's really smart. Mm-hmm. I love that. And you do it that. a couple
0: times. Ooh. That's how I survived college.
1: All right. There's your blood and wine tip of the day. (laughs) I love it. I've never tried that. Mm -hmm. The Ukrainians embrace all these different flavors and aromas that their Horylka can have. If you're at a Ukrainian party, especially if it's some type of celebration, most likely there is some homemade Horylka somewhere Mm. at that party. And there are just... I'm, I'm sure hundreds of different recipes, and every family seems to have a slightly different take mm-hmm. on how they flavor their horilka and what what is in it. However, you do have to be careful because it's not filtered and it's not cleansed, it may contain methanol, oh. which is definitely Poison. not good for you. Yeah. But one thing that's funny is what treats methanol poisoning is ethanol. Which is also in vodka and vodka. Oh. So there are stories of some people who had been poisoned but then just kept drinking and they cured themselves and like never knew.
0: That is like the most Russian thing I think I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. But
1: Ukraine. <laughs> when I read that I was like, Okay, that's terrifying. It's yeah. like you almost died, but then you kept drinking, mm-hmm. and that's actually the opposite of what you always hear. So And you survived. Um <laughs> but If you're ever visiting, apparently the hot pepper flavored Horilka is a staple and something you absolutely have to try. It can have whole hot peppers inside or pepper essence. And the longer that, um, if it has the whole peppers, the longer that they soak, the hotter it can be. Also, regarding with how to consume Horilka, they don't take shots of it. I mean, maybe some people do, but traditionally it's served in a small shot like glass, but you sip it. Traditionally, Ukrainian families have it with their salad or maybe cold cuts and cheeses, not traditionally with their main dish. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you have it with cheeses, the fats really help, especially if you have the hot pepper kind. Makes sense. Kind. Okay. But we are not drinking we are Korylka. Hot. So
0: we could not find it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So instead, we are drinking Dripping Springs Vodka. Mm-hmm. And nice. it is made here in Texas Hill Country it's an award winning vodka. It won Best in Class and the Vodka Purity Trophy at the International Wine and Spirit Competition in 2008. Mm-hmm. And it is the only American vodka to have won the Vodka Purity Trophy in 47 years oh. at this. Competition. So oh, yes. it, the competition is the world's largest and most prestigious liquor and wine competition. Wow. So while we couldn't find any horilka, yeah. we got some good vodka.
0: Well, and if any of our Ukrainian listeners, um, if you come to Texas and you're a fan of vodka, or if any of our listeners come to Texas or if you <laughs> live in Texas and you're a fan of vodka, <laughs> Dripping Springs is one of my favorites. for yeah. just like a just a regular vodka.
1: Yeah, and a little bit about this specific vodka. It's made with sweet Midwestern corn, so it's not made from potatoes. This one is made from corn, and it's naturally gluten-free and considered kosher. Oh, that's nice. So it's micro-distilled 20 times in small 50-gallon batches. Small. Small. And then mixed with pure, mineral-rich artisan spring water from Texas Hill Country, Before a final clarifying slow filtration through Swedish activated charcoal. Okay. So it comes out very lush, balanced, and with a smooth finish. Okay. So. All right. And how we are drinking this. We are not sitting here just drinking straight vodka because we, oh, we no. do have to get through this episode.
0: And I, <laughs> I can't do that.
1: No, I can't either. But we created a cocktail that we don't have a name for yet, but it's going to have one. Yeah. But essentially we took vodka, lemon soda water, a splash of lime juice, and a splash of crayon. Yeah. Yeah. And...
0: Garnish it with a lime, put it in a little glass, and go to town.
1: And it's so refreshing. I know.
0: I'm like, why didn't we have this in the summer?
1: I know. Like, this is a perfect summer drink. It's, it's not summer anymore, but I still think it's perfect. I'm always a big fan today. So it's true.
0: All right, cheers.
1: All right, cheers. See, the only thing is when we don't do wine, (laughs) we I've already had half of my drink. I know.
0: We we start drinking early. So
1: um. But this one's it's really cool and I know we're a a wine podcast, but sometimes we take a little bit of a break from that and with this series matching it to the country, it didn't it didn't make sense to do wine for this episode.
0: Well, and especially because Ukraine, while it does have some vineyards, it is not known for its wine. No,
1: it's and finding Ukrainian
0: wines was very difficult
1: yeah that also we couldn't really find we're like
0: you know what we will do a more traditional vodka instead well now that we have our drinks our topic laid out um i'm going to go ahead and jump into my case yes all right so my case that i chose my ukrainian murder case is one that a lot of you might have heard of it's a it was pretty famous uh when it happened famous for,
1: or infamous
0: it was well, infamous
1: <laughs> it was well
0: known <laughs> when it happened uh, because of a few details that I'll get into okay. but mine is the Nepropetrovsk maniacs okay so some of these sources that I used were wikipedia zatrava ranker and thought catalog
1: oh so man i used to read thought catalog all the time
0: i have literally never heard of it until oh. this case
1: it's so good. So many just short stories, tales, like everything. I love it.
0: Okay. So, Dnipropetrovsk, which is now known as Dnipro, is located in the center of Ukraine. And it's actually the fourth largest city in the country and it's home to about a million people. Oh, wow. So, in June and July of 2007, the city of Dnipropetrovsk was rocked by a series of violent murders. Two 19-year-olds, Viktor Sayenko and Igor Suprunyuk, murdered at least 21 people (gasps) in a three-week spree of terror.
1: That is so quick.
0: Yeah. So Sayenko and Suprunyuk were high school friends, and the two teenagers began their violent careers by trying to help a mutual friend uh, overcome his phobia of blood. By capturing what? stray do- Oh, yeah. Oh. Th- so this is how they tried to get him over his... his Their friend. Yeah. Scared of blood. Like,
1: you're scared of blood. We're going to fix that by... So... Oh, God. Well,
0: this- they haven't graduated to murder yet.
1: Right. People. I heard you say dog, and I already... I yeah. hate it. So... But don't listen, babes. They...
0: I know. Kids, cover your ears. So they would capture stray dogs, tie them to trees, disembowel <gasps> them... No.
1: Oh, and God. And take
0: pictures next to the bodies. So this kind of behavior culminated in an instance where they filmed the brutal torture and murder of a small white kitten Oh! Um, among other things the video showed them make a cross out of wooden boards, nail the kitten to it, uh, place foam and glue in its mouth to muffle its screams and then shoot at it with pistols so these are some fucked up people and I know it is a common trope of serial killers starting with animals when they're younger. That's yeah. something you see a lot. Hearing it in this way, this is so much more I, I don't know. It feels much more detailed or worse than like another serial killer like torturing animals, but maybe it's just because this is more detailed in front of me. I don't know. I
1: don't know. That just seemed but, really, really brutal.
0: Yeah. That was kind of their background. That was... They okay. obviously are comfortable being fucking monsters. Clearly. So now I'm going to get into the murders after I have a drink because, holy shit,
1: You're about that to was only the it. beginning. Uh, yeah. I'm. You told me this one is quite possibly the most fucked up case you've done, so I'm yeah, scared no, because it, um, you do some really awful cases. This
0: one is... Just after reading through it, everything, this is far and away the most fucked up one I have done. So these first two murders occurred late on June 25th of 2007. The first victim was a 33-year-old woman, Katya Ilchenko. Uh, and Katya was walking home after having tea at her friend's apartment. Mm-hmm. So she's walking home. And Sayenko and Suprunyuk were out for a walk. Suprunyuk had a hammer, and as, as you do when
1: you're walking around, you know,
0: as you do, just walking around with a hammer. Yeah. Um, so as Ilchenko walked past, Suprunyuk spun around and struck her in the side of the head.
1: Oh my god, just, just turned around and
0: bashed her in the side <gasps> of the head. What? So this blow killed her instantly thankfully
1: oh my god
0: they continued to beat her face in with this hammer and she was her body was unrecognizable
1: oh my god
0: Katya's mom woke up at five in the morning and felt that something was wrong so she's like something's not right I don't know so she walks outside into the street and she sees Katya's body lying there in the street
1: she was almost home.
0: She was almost home. And her mother found her. So within an hour of this first murder, oh, the two men then attacked their next victim, Roman Tatarevich. Um, as he slept on a bench near the first murder scene.
1: Oh, my God.
0: So, uh, Tata Revy's head was smashed in with blunt objects numerous times, which also left him unrecognizable. Six days later, on July 1st, two more victims, Yevgenia Grishchenko and Nikolai Serchuk, were found murdered in the nearby town of Novolmoscovice. Then... On the night of July 6th, three more people were murdered in Aproptović.
1: So how many are we up to again? Like seven? Seven. seven. Yeah. Jeez.
0: So the first uh, to be murdered that day was Igor Nechvoloda, who was a 21-year-old. He had been recently discharged as an army recruit. And at 2 o'clock in, in the morning, Igor is returning home from the club. And Sayenko and Suprunuk attacked him when he was just feet away from the door of his own apartment.
1: Oh my god.
0: So this first blow was not fatal. It just knocked de- knocked Nechvoloda down. Yeah. They then murdered him, shredding his face with metal objects. <gasps> and
1: Oh my god, these they're so sick.
0: Yeah, and they're nineteen. Which is fucking horrifying. all of this is fucking horrifying. So Igor's mother found his body the next morning by their apartment building. Ugh. And a neighbor was quoted as saying, "At four o'clock in the morning, I woke up hearing a deafening cry. A woman was sitting on the steps and screaming like an abnormal one. Oh. I thought it was a junkie, but it turned out to be his mom.
1: Oh, my God.
0: So the second victim of the day, Yelena Shram.
1: Oh, same day.
0: Yeah. Oh, this that's was one of the right. Three murders Threat in the same in one day. day. So Yelena was a 28 year old night guard, and she was murdered just around the corner from Igor.
1: Oh God.
0: As she walked toward Sanko and Zaporunyuk, Zaporunyuk struck her with the hammer he had been hiding under his shirt.
1: Fucking hammer. again. And
0: he struck her several more times after she fell down. Mm. So she had been carrying a bag of clothes. And they picked the bag up, used the clothes to clean off this hammer, and then threw the bag out. Later this same night, they murdered a woman named Valentina Hansja, uh, who is a mother of three with a disabled husband.
1: Oh my god. Uh...
0: Yeah. So the next day, July 7th, two 14-year-old boys from uh which was a nearby town. Uh-huh. Uh, were attacked when they went fishing.
1: So they really have no. They're not picky. It is literally no, just anyone, it's everyone. Anyone
0: they have just no wrong pattern, place, wrong time. Just, yeah, people oh. they walk past just anyone to say could be their next victim. God. So one of these two friends, Andre Sijuk, was killed, but the other, Vadim Lyakhov, uh, managed to escape after hiding in the woods. So, a few days later...
1: So, he's a witness.
0: Yeah. He is the, Finally. He was the first one to survive an attack. Yeah. So, five days later, on July 12th, 48-year-old Sergei Yatsenko, who was disabled by a recent bout with cancer, mm-hmm. uh, went missing while riding his motorcycle. Oh. Four days later, his battered body was found with signs of a savage attack that was visible even after four days in the summer heat. Yatsen- Yatsenko was stabbed in the stomach and brain with a screwdriver. <gasps> the killers removed his eyes and repeatedly hit him in the face with a hammer. All of this while he was alive.
1: Oh my God.
0: Yeah. A couple days later, on July 14th, 45-year-old Natalia Mamarchuk, was riding her scooter in the nearby village of Diofka. And as she was passing through a wooded area, two men approached her and knocked her down. They then bludgeoned her to death with a hammer or pipe and drove off on her scooter.
1: God. So
0: a couple local witnesses, there were witnesses to this attack, okay. and gave chase, but they lost sight of the attackers on their scooter. Yeah. Twelve more murders would follow. Um, often with multiple bodies being found on the same day.
1: Oh, my God. I can't. This, wow. Yeah.
0: And in addition to their earlier sprees, two victims were found each day from July 14th to 16th. So two victims on the 14th, two on the 15th, two on the 16th. And the victims, they were selected at random, it seemed. Yeah. yeah. Um, although one thing to note, many of them were vulnerable to an attack. Um, be it they were children, elderly, mm-hmm. homeless people, or people under the influence of alcohol.
1: Well, it sounds like they were people who, I mean, when you say vulnerable to attack, easy to attack. Mm-hmm. Like that it it wouldn't be too yeah difficult people to...
0: People that would happen to...
1: Make them a victim.
0: Yeah. Most of these victims were killed using blunt objects, including hammers and God. steel bars... Um, And blows were often directed at their faces, leaving them unrecognizable. I wonder why
1: that is. Just (sighs) so they... Sometimes you you think about... I mean, you hear about the killers who will, you know, either shoot someone from behind or cover their face so they, they don't have to see them. Yeah. And there's no eye contact. It's almost like this was these boys way of you destroy their face they can't see you and then like they're no longer a human and
0: i don't know i don't know because just the amount of torture they would do and the playing they would do with these victims i don't know because a lot of their victims were mutilated and tortured yeah Uh, some of them had their eyes gouged out while they were still alive god Uh, more than
1: just that one yeah. The motorcycle. Oh my god.
0: One pregnant woman had her fetus no, cut out of her womb.
1: No, I knew you were gonna say that. So. Oh my god, that's yeah, two. They're
0: just the most, literally, the this, the most gruesome, fucked up killings I have ever researched.
1: Yeah. No, by far, by far. So,
0: no sexual assaults on any of the victims were reported. Um, but some victims were robbed of their cell phones and other valuables and had their possessions pawned at local pawn shops in the area, Uh but most of the victims had most of their uh, possessions with them. Only a few of them were robbed.
1: Right. Okay. Interesting.
0: So now I'm going to jump into the investigation.
1: Okay. Yeah. Tell me how these fuckers got caught
0: so there was no official link between these murders made until the july 7th attack on the two boys in the forest oh yeah uh, that were fishing yeah so vadim Lyakov, who was this uh the one that survived yeah um he was actually initially placed under arrest um and was suspected of murdering his friend uh,
1: well i mean i unfortunately can see why he was a suspect yeah but also like no he was a fucking victim
0: yeah so he was reportedly denied access to counsel and beaten by police during questioning um however it quickly became clear that he was not responsible to for his friend's death yeah given that this murder was connected with this murder spree that was going on
1: right that something bigger is happening
0: yeah so liekhov cooperated with investigators and created sketches of the attackers good so two local children who had uh, witnessed the attack on July 14th of uh, who were they were hidden in a tent just a few feet away uh-huh. when she was being attacked and her scooter was stolen. Yeah, yeah. Um, they also were able to provide a detailed description that corroborated the one given by Liekhov.
1: That's really good.
0: So a task force was quickly set up from Kiev. And it was headed yeah. by lead criminal investigator Vasily Paskolov, and this manhunt soon grew to encompass most local law enforcement. Uh-huh. And it was reported that over two thousand investigators were working on the case.
1: Whoa!
0: Yeah, so the investi- that is
1: a lot.
0: I know. Uh, 2,
1: I can't thousand. even. That that's a hard thing to even comprehend. That 2,000 investigators will be working on the case. Because that's not everyone working on the case.
0: I mean, this is... The the fucking country is mobilizing to fucking find these monsters. Which,
1: I get it. I mean, this is a massacre.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So, the investigation initially was actually kept secret. There was no official information about the murders released... And local people were not even warned about possible attacks or provided descriptions of the suspects.
1: Wait, so none of this was reported?
0: No. They kept it secret under wraps to try to find them.
1: Which, so this surprises me because you said it was a little bit before it was determined that these were all connected.
0: Well, now they've been determined to be connected. They have the sketches. And right,
1: but you're saying, like, none of this was in the media? In it the was in the media, towns, but, or? like,
0: and the the, ta- the people in the towns were talking about it, and it was in the oh, media, but, okay, like, okay, details gotcha. about the investigation, like, these sketches, was not released.
1: Oh, that absolutely makes yeah. sense. I thought you were saying, like, that they weren't releasing any information about that this happened, and I'm like, no, well, how did they the do that? the murders were
0: happening, and people knew about those. People were talking about those. Gotcha. But the investigation was kept, like, secret.
1: D- totally makes sense.
0: So, and even though that, like, all of this is happening, there's rumors of the attacks keeping pretty much everyone at home at night.
1: Of course. Like, people are
0: not going outside. No. Um, eventually, investigators did selectively distribute sketches and lists of stolen property to these local pawn shops. And soon, stolen that property began smart. to be identified. Yes. Sayenko and Zuprunyuk were arrested on July 23rd of 2007. Suprunyak had attempted to sell a cell phone that was stolen from one of the victims at a local pawn shop. Law enforcement agents were able to track down the phone's location once the shop owner turned it on to make sure it was working before he bought it. And so they get this pain like, this phone's on.
1: Well, and also, I I will say, this is some dumb cr- criminal activity yes. as in like really a cell phone is one of the things
0: that is what you that track can
1: locate who you are it's what it's right tra- yeah. and that's not that's not new no that's been happening that's ever since i don't know they even trace where phone calls are coming from when it wasn't a cell phone like this yeah. is not new yeah so
0: so sayenko and Saprunyuk were arrested near the cash register of the shop like they hadn't even left yet. They were Wow. Rested.
1: Oh my god. I love how the quick response.
0: And a third friend who was involved in robbing the victims. And
1: wait, who did this wait, this fucker just like shows up after.
0: Well, the it's killings? unclear. There are multiple accounts of whether he was involved and knew about the murders, whether he had no idea, and maybe the Sayenko and Soprunyak like gave him the stuff. To, they stole to sell, and he was like, oh. Oh, "Okay, we're robbing people. Cool." Didn't know about the murders. Didn't know
1: about the murders.
0: It, it's unclear.
1: Yeah, I would say his didn't know about the murders is yeah. With how many there were in such a short span of time, I'm not really going to believe that argument.
0: Yeah, and this was the friend from the beginning that had the fear of blood.
1: Oh, so he was
0: involved in like the mutilation of the animals, and yeah. So I no, I find it hard to knew. believe. Yeah. He knew. No. So this friend, Alexander Hansja, uh was arrested at his home and had reportedly managed to flush other uh, stolen cell phones and jewelry down the toilet it's to try to hide it. Flush a cell phone down
1: the toilet.
0: Yeah. The, so they were recovered. Obviously, yeah. But the information on the phones was lost because of like the water and damage and
1: stuff. Right.
0: So one of the big things about this case, and one of the reasons it is so infamous and so well known, are the videos.
1: Videos.
0: Yeah. And I oh just want gosh. to warn y'all: I wouldn't research this case too heavily. I found a video of it. It's on the internet. And what
1: they took videos of what they of, did.
0: Yeah. So. Their cell phones and their computers had multiple video recordings of their murders.
1: Oh my god! And
0: a video that was leaked to the internet showed the murder of Sergei Yatsenko. In the video, he's seeing lying on his back in a wooded area and is struck repeatedly in the face with a hammer that's held inside a plastic bag. Oh. one of the attackers then stabs Yatsenko in the eye and the abdomen with a screwdriver he is then struck with the hammer to ensure he's dead so
1: Jesus.
0: this attack lasts over four minutes and during which Yatsenko's lapsing in and out of consciousness and one of the murderers is seen smiling towards the camera during the video
1: oh my um, god
0: so then Sayenko and Soprunyuk walk back to their car Uh, which showed that the crime took place close to the side of the road next to their parked car. And they discussed the murder calmly, just talking about it.
1: So it seems as if they are not, there was no concern of being caught. No, Like, because, I mean, if they're recording video, like, obviously that's evidence. Like, they just seem to not care.
0: Yeah. Well, and they were recording video back when they were torturing cats and dogs. But this is, so it it's not out of character they would record this too but yeah wow so they you know would would walk back to the car talk about the murder pretty calmly they were you know a little bit surprised that he was still breathing after the screwdriver had been plunged into his exposed brain they then washed their hands and the hammer with a water bottle and begin to laugh like they're hanging out like having just a fun day hanging out being 19 year olds
1: oh my god so stop no
0: um, only the two of them were in the video, and one of them's always holding the camera. So in this instance, it was there just the two of them. Yeah,
1: their third friend wasn't there.
0: And they were also found in possession of multiple photographs showing them attending the funerals of their victims.
1: That's um, so sick!
0: They can be seen smiling and flipping off the coffins and the gravestones. Wow. And this video of Sergei Yatsenko's murder was uh, leaked onto the internet and it went viral in some circles because of what it is because the shock and stuff and i i did see um a couple pieces of the video when researching this and i will say like curiosity is one thing don't look it up like first off it's very gruesome i i've described it in detail you can use your imagination but also i just out of respect for his family and stuff like Please avoid it. It's really fucked up and should not be out there.
1: No, and I'm it because it went viral, is that why they aren't able to take it down?
0: Uh yeah. Because anytime it gets everywhere. deleted, it gets reposted elsewhere. Because
1: someone else has yeah. it. And
0: yeah. there's a lot of fucked up people on the internet that think that's fun to watch or who don't understand the gravity of what they're seeing and I mean, there's so many fucked up people on the internet that yeah. will say things behind the computer screen because the internet lives in a separate world from them. Right, okay. Listeners, please do not. Now I'm going to get into the trial. Okay. So all of, all three of them were charged with involvement in 29 separate incidents, including 21 murders and eight more attacks where the victims survived. Wow. Suprunyuk was charged with 27 of the cases, including all 21 counts of capital murder, eight armed robberies, and one count of animal cruelty. And Sayenko was charged with 25 instances, including 18 of the murders, five robberies, and one count of animal cruelty. And Hansya, the friend, was charged with two counts of armed robbery, which stemmed from a March 1st, 2007 incident.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: So all three of them confessed quickly, though Suprunyuk later withdrew his confession. Mm. Um, and their trial began in June of 2008. Okay. So Suprunyuk pleaded not guilty, while the other two suspects pleaded guilty to all charges. Victor... So
1: why is he saying he's not guilty and the others are like, we are?
0: Because he's a fucking idiot and thinks he can get away with it. I have yeah. no idea. That's I, yeah. stupid. Yeah. Well, so,
1: all of this is fucking stupid and just heinous and all of the words, but...
0: Yeah. So, Victor Shevgutz, who was uh, Suprunyok's original defense lawyer, left the case after reportedly being disappointed that his client's plead of insanity was not accepted. This was because lawyers for the victim's families argued that the level of care that was taken by these killers during their pr- crime spree... You know, putting bags over the hammers or hitting victims, cleaning their right. weapons, clean their hands, like hiding what they did, meant that they were fully aware of their actions.
1: Yes, I. Yeah. Well, when you were think when you said the thing about the bags, I was like, oh, yeah, they were thinking this through.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, like they were not under the impression that they did not know right from wrong.
1: Exactly.
0: So. Prosecution evidence included blood stains on the suspect's clothing and the video recordings of the murders. Yeah. The defense denied that the people in the videos were the suspects, even though one these videos are on their phones and computers and are videos of them. But, yeah. Okay. Um, and they claimed that there were serious problems with the investigation including at least ten more murders that were covered up by the prosecution, supposed cover-ups of additional arrests of people with powerful connections who were released without being charged, and even naming some of the additional people that were supposedly involved in these murders. Okay. Yeah, that's their defense, is that there's this huge conspiracy against the clients that these videos were, like, tampered with, and then, I guess, must have been placed on their stuff. There's this... Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. So this case was heard by a panel of judges that was chaired by Judge Ivan Senchenko, and the prosecution asked for life imprisonment for Sayenko and Suprumyuk and 15 years of hard labor for Hansev. And I want to note at this point that Ukraine has no capital punishment since right. February 2000. Yep. Um, after the Constitutional Court ruled the death penalty was unconstitutional in December of 99.
1: Well, and that was after they split from the Soviet Union. Yeah. That they determined that.
0: Yes. Uh, yeah, they split from the Soviet Union in 91. On February 11th of 2009, the court in Nepropetrovsk, found Sayenko and Suprunyuk guilty of premeditated murder yes. and sentenced both to life imprisonment. Good. Suprunyuk was found guilty of 21 murders and Sayenko of 18. They also received 15-year sentences after being found guilty on the robbery charges. Yeah. And Hansya, who was not involved in the killings... Um, or was not found to be involved in the killings, I'll say.
1: Right, yeah, that's a better way to phrase that.
0: Was found guilty of robbery and sentenced to nine years in prison. Sayenko and Saprunyuk were also found guilty on the animal cruelty charges. And in speaking of his two friends, hans said, if I had known the atrocities that they were capable of committing, I would not gone near them at I would not have gone near them at gunpoint. So huh. again, he's saying he had no idea, and this could be true. He could have assumed that they that it was just the animals. animals. yeah. But why you would go near them anyway after that? I don't know. I don't either. So the judge stated that the verdict in the main and the main motive for the crimes had been a desire for morbid self-affirmation.
1: Morbid self-affirmation. That sounds yeah. like ma- a made-up phrase.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I guess basically, have it up, but... their motive for this was they wanted to feel better about themselves through murdering all these people. I don't fucking know. I hate... Yeah.
1: I hate that. Yep. No, I hate I hate that reasoning.
0: So, the court's verdict was several hundred pages long, and it was read out over two days. And the wow. lawyers for Sayenko and Soprunyuk announced that it, they had all the intention to appeal... Saying that the authenticity of photographic and video evidence was not established beyond reasonable doubt.
1: I, okay.
0: This claim was dismissed by a lawyer for one of the victim's families who commented In theory, a photo can be faked, but to fake a 40 minute video would require a studio and a whole year, which is fair.
1: That's totally fair. And they're in the video and you see it. I just, yeah. no.
0: Yeah. So, an opinion poll was uh, conducted in Nepropetrovsk, and it found that 50.3% of people believed that the sentence was fair, and 48.6% believed that the sentence should have been more severe. And wow. in April of 2011, a poll found that nearly 60% of Ukrainians wanted the death penalty available for serial killings, where judicial error had been ruled out.
1: That is a huge huge percentage
0: yeah and that is
1: huge
0: so that is my case
1: literally the most fucked up case you've
0: done yes yeah so i had remembered this case one of the big reasons why i wanted to choose ukraine murders is
1: because, because you i wanted to give me nightmares well
0: i remembered this case in the way that i remember two people who murdered and videoed it that's what i remembered from it I've never dived this much into the research for this case, and I didn't know. But holy fuck!
1: Yeah, I uh, get that. I totally get that.
0: Yeah. So I am. Um, I'm just ready to go into your case.
1: Well, I have poured our second drink. Yes. Before I jump into mine, because mine is also quite fucked up.
0: Oh joy!
1: So mine is the serial killer sergei tkach also known as the pologovsky maniac oh god so he was born in 1952 in the soviet union and we don't know a whole lot about his childhood he did serve in the soviet army and according to his neighbors he claimed to be a veteran of the soviet invasion of afghanistan Okay. However, in reality, he only did the compulsory military service Mm -hmm. in the Soviet army between uh, about 1970 and
0: 1972.
1: Okay. So, not during that invasion. Okay. He married several times. All of his marriages ended in divorce. Turns out Sergei was a very heavy drinker, so he was an alcoholic, and he was very cruel, and there's potential that he was abusive to his wives. Oh, great. Additionally, he was a forensic exhumer and criminal investigator for the police in the city of Kimirovo.
0: So he had, like, knowledge of that shit, the inside workings.
1: Absolutely.
0: Oh.
1: Yes. And pin a memory thought on that, because okay. obviously that's a thing. Yep. He was considered an excellent worker by his department, and at one point he even received a recommendation for admission to an intelligence agency school. Wow. So he was a really, really great investigator, but his entire career fell apart when he was fired because he had been falsifying evidence in 1979. Oh. He was given a choice between voluntary resignation or facing certain imprisonment. So, of course, yeah. he resigned. Yeah. Which I'm like, really? You get that decision?
0: I know. Fuck, so many people get so much, get no decision for so much fucking less.
1: Well, and it's also like, think of all of the cases that he totally fucked up. Yeah. On purpose for falsifying evidence. Jesus. And they're just like, well, if you quit, you're fine.
0: God.
1: So that pisses me off. Yeah. After he was let go from the police department, this is when his reign of terror begins. And for 20 plus years.
0: Oh, shit.
1: From 1980 to 2005. He's on his crime spree.
0: Jeez.
1: His first murder happened in Simferopol, Crimea, in 1980. Mm-hmm. Sergei, who at this point in the night he had drunk several bottles of wine. Jeez. Uh, yeah, several means at least three. So which that's a I ton of wine. I
0: could barely stand up after two.
1: I don't know. And I'm not
0: a small person, so Jesus.
1: Yeah. I don't think he is either, but still. Yeah. Um. He proposed to have sex in the countryside with a former schoolmate that I guess he, he, he'd been seeing intermittently for the past nine years. So they were out that night.
0: And she was like, I don't want to fuck in a field.
1: Yeah. She slapped him and he seized her, raped her, and strangled her out of fear that she would escape and report him. But when he got home he decided to phone his former colleagues and lead them to the body so she's not left out there however
0: how did he lead them to it without being like yo i killed this girl is he just like there could be a body over here
1: well so that was his plan however sergey became really irritated when the officer who answered the phone wouldn't identify who he was and so he just hung up oh so in 1982 is when he moves to ukraine and he worked a few menial jobs bouncing around, doing whatever, before he begins working with the police as a criminal investigator again in the region of Nipotrovsk.
0: So he, I guess, are they not aware of his record or don't care? Okay.
1: I don't know. So he right. gets his job back, essentially, but in a new city. New country, new city. New year, new Sergei.
0: It's a not. <laughs> More Sergei. Evil Sergei.
1: Evil Sergei. Serge. We don't really know why Sergei began killing he has given a lot of different explanations uh, to a variety of news sources over the years he's claimed that he was inspired by being rejected by women as a young man and he's also said he simply wanted to compete with other serial killers and outdo their victim totals so he wanted a bigger count
0: fucking toxic masculinity is absolute fucking garbage
1: Oh, it's like it. I, yes. Uh, no, I know, and it's just like, oh, I just, I, I just uh, wanted she,
0: to. She, she, they're like, oh, they rejected me. Boom, boo, G-
1: fucking who? Boo, fucking who? Nothing anyone ever does to you gives you the right to kill them. No, killing someone is not a right. We don't no. have that. It's no. not okay. He, <laughs> obviously. He's getting away with these murders for so long because he works for the police.
0: So was he like the investigator on his own cases?
1: I don't know if he specifically worked one of his cases. Mm-hmm. I do know, though, that he was leading the p- the police astray and doing things to not point in his direction Jesus. or to point them in other directions.
0: That's fucking horrifying. Um, I mean,
1: he knew like not to leave fingerprints. He yeah. knows, he knows... He knows the tips and
0: tricks like Exactly.
1: His crimes were not even noticed until nineteen eighty four, which is four years after he started his Spree. And a lot... The reason is because a lot of young women and girls became, began noticeably disappearing across Kirchakiv Oblast, Zaporizhia Oblast, Dniprovitrovsk, and Crimea, in eastern Ukraine, and yeah. where all these are located.
0: Jesus. And this
1: is near where Sergei lived and worked.
0: It's weird that ours have the same city. Dniprovitrovsk is, like, where mine occurred. In I know. And area around. And...
1: Well, what's going to get it even more interesting is I... What year did yours start again?
0: Uh, two thousand seven. That was yeah. when it was. Was June and July of two thousand seven.
1: So their time, the timelines overlap a bit. Oh, so just just wait till I get to it. But it's it's very interesting. When you were talking about yours, I was like, okay, so this city has. Both of these fucking things going on at the same time for a certain period. Like, the trials happen around the same time.
0: Jesus. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah.
1: So, Sergei targeted female victims between the ages of 8 and 18. Fuck. They're children. they're, They're children. So, it's girls. Yeah. And when he found them, he would lure them away from any prying eyes, anyone that happened to be in the area. Once he had them alone, Sergei would rape them. And when he was done, he would... Typically strangle them with a cord, sometimes just with his hand. Um, And again, he was very skilled in knowing how to do that quickly. Yeah. And with leaving very little evidence yeah he would sometimes wait until his victims stopped struggling, and the life had left their eyes before he performed their sex acts, so he was into necrophilia as well after satisfying himself, Serge would clean the crime scene, remove all the semen, erase the footprints, he would take the victim's clothing and jewelry so he could destroy all fingerprint evidence. He did keep some of the jewelry and makeup accessories as trophies. That's fucking weird. It is, but as you know, most all serial killers have some type of trophy that they collect from their victims. Oh, yeah. You know, so they can hold that trinket and trophy and experience that entire moment as if it's happening again. God. So, Zerai did not dispose of any of the bodies, Instead, he would leave them by highways to make it look like a killer came from another city, um, essentially putting the blame on truckers and travelers.
0: Yeah. Make and... them look like uh, hitchhiker murder victims. Exactly.
1: Or as if someone did it in another city and dumped it off Yeah, or the person murdered their, their random victim and they don't live in that city, so it doesn't matter, so they just dump the body god because they're passing through yeah so again like i said he's doing things because he knows how the police are going to think yeah and that that's what they're going to be targeting and who they're going to be looking at yeah another thing that Sergey did was lead victims to railroad tracks that had recently had tar laid on them because that tar smell was so strong that when the dogs came they would find the body but they couldn't smell anything but the tar so they couldn't find any lingering evidence of his scent i mean the tar scent was so strong that it would essentially destroy the crime scene
0: yeah jesus
1: and there were throughout the years that sergey was committing these crimes 20 plus Mm -hmm. many innocent men went to jail for his crimes even the police had very little information to go on yeah which was sergey's entire point yeah they were never able to conclusively link the killings to a single person. Women and girls would turn up dead with evidence of sexual assault. And there would be men who lived by who would then be arrested and charged with the crime based on whatever piece of scant evidence the cops could find. Mm. There was one man who reportedly hanged himself in detention after the police charged him with the murder of his own daughter. Jesus. Which he didn't do. So yeah. He did it. Another was eventually released from jail only to be saddled with the reputation of a murderer, because once you're in jail for that yeah, even if you're you know wrongfully convicted, as we talked about yeah. in our last episode that's not
0: that doesn't go that's away. not something that,
1: that goes away. yeah people are still going to inherently not trust you, and even if you're completely innocent of something that you've been in prison for, people assume you're guilty, yeah. Because that's just, unfortunately, the way sometimes our human nature expresses itself. Yeah. You know? This man ended up homeless and destitute. Another man, Maxim Matrinko, was arrested in 2004 after a 17-year-old girl's body turned up near where he lived. She had been raped and murdered. Mm -hmm. Matrinko was... Brought in with another man for questioning based on nothing but the fact that he was in the area at the time. After the man he was brought in with had a heart attack in custody, the police became determined to stick the entire blame on Matrinko. Fuck. Matrinko claims that he was beaten for days into a confession before being sentenced to prison. Yeah. And he spent six years there. Jesus. And even remained in prison after Sergei confessed to his killings, which is coming up later. But like, so even after then, he's still in freaking jail. And so all the while, while all these other men are going to prison for Sergei's crimes, Sergei is continuing to rape and kill women and girls.
0: If he had stopped, he would have never been caught. Because it would have depended on these other men.
1: Yes, and it's very interesting how he gets caught, which is what I'm just about to get into. But you're you're right. If he would have stopped a little bit earlier, he would have been scot free because there were already people in jail for these crimes. They yeah. were not considered unsolved. They were not cold. They were they were considered closed cases.
0: Jesus.
1: A lot of them. So in 2005, Sergei murders a nine year old girl who happens to be the daughter of one of his friends.
0: Oh, God.
1: So, Sergei, being this consoling friend, he attends the funeral. hmm And he feels like he's going to get away with it because he's just being the friend and he's there to support. And Yeah. Um, he, like many serial killers do, is inserting himself into every aspect of this case. Yeah. And I don't know what it is about this one, but this is the one where he, like, really inserted himself. And... This girl's friends, who she had been hanging out with before she was murdered, well, they're at the funeral, too. And they see Sergei, and he looks familiar to them. Mm -hmm. And so this one girl realizes that that is the man she saw her friend with before she was killed. Oh, my God. So this girl goes to her dad, and she's like, Dad, that is the guy that she was with, you know, Mm -hmm. the last time we saw her. And so, this dad goes to the police. Yeah. And this is all happening at the funeral. So, Sergei sees that people are starting to look at him, that something's going on, like, whispers. So, he goes home. And shortly thereafter, the police come to his house. Thankfully, Sergei had not left home. He was still there. Yeah. And he immediately confesses to that murder. As well as a hundred others. Holy shit. All women and girls.
0: A hundred.
1: Yeah. Fuck. So, again, and this is in 05, so this is just a couple years before years started. Sergei requests a death penalty, but that had been abolished yeah. in Ukraine, as we, you know, talked about in your case. One interesting thing about Ukraine courts, and it's it's not set up at all like an American court... The criminal is in a cage in the courtroom, and there's not really a jury but so when you're sitting there in that cage, like the presumption of guilt is obviously there yeah. you're in a fucking cage yeah um, while Sergei was guilty and had already admitted to that it made it very easy for them to sentence him over the years it's found out that fifteen men were wrongly jailed for sarge's crimes yeah and you know the one i mentioned earlier committed suicide there was the other guy uh there was one that was not released until march
0: 2012
1: 2012 2012 jesus sarge's court case became a huge media sensation yeah and so yeah i mean this was just a big deal this man admitted to killing a hundred women and girls. He was a former criminal investigator. He would do forensic exhumations. Like, he literally was just in, right in the system. and Which I think is why he... It, it did surprise me that he admitted his guilt so quickly. But I think he knew that he'd gotten away with it for so long. And that yeah. he'd been caught. And that there was not going to be a way to deny it.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah,
1: no. which surprises me a bit only because of all of the precautions he took up until Same. that point, but maybe it was and and I don't know because it was a friend that he just knew he wouldn't get away with it. I don't know, so in two thousand eight, he is very easily convicted of thirty seven murders and he's in jail for life.
0: That guy was in there four years after he was convicted,
1: yep, yep, sorry,
0: that's still just sticking with me that.
1: Well, and what's unfortunate is Sergei's actual death count, we don't know. I mean, 37 is what he was convicted of. Yeah. He admitted to at least 100, and there are plenty of victims who are still unnamed. We don't know them. Yeah. Uh, a lot of his victims.
0: Well, honestly, even with 37 he doesn't seem like the kind of person who would care enough to remember enough about each of his victims to lead investigators to be able to identify who he's talking about.
1: No, exactly. And um, Judge Sergei Voloshko stated that after the verdict, no one has been able to determine the motives for his actions. He first said he wanted revenge on women as his wives had mistreated him. The explanation then became simple sexual pleasure. So later, Sergei Tkach admitted that he committed the murders to mock his former colleagues and show how incompetent the police department really was.
0: Okay.
1: Ultimately, police um, and detectives concluded that Sergei perpetrated these serial killings just for sheer pleasure. With all these excuses he's giving as his reasons, like... It was just because he wanted to. Yeah. He was just a sick fuck that wanted to do it. Yeah. I, of, of all of his excuses, I feel like the one where he just wanted to have a larger body count than these other serial killers was his reasoning.
0: Yeah. That's, yeah.
1: So, I mean, the fact is we simply, we do not know what prompted him to commit all of his crimes. No. There is no real motive Jesus. in this case. However, despite the media coverage and all of his vicious murders, not everyone was horrified by his crimes. What? There was one woman who became absolutely obsessed with him.
0: Are you fucking kidding
1: me? She even started writing him letters, visiting him in prison, and eventually they fell in love.
0: Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me?
1: Oh, it gets worse. At just 16... This woman, who is now known as Elena Tkach, would have been the perfect age to be one of Sergey's victims. Instead, she became his wife, and they got married in 2015. They are allowed conjugal visits, and she ended up getting pregnant and had his child, a daughter, which is uh, pretty ironic. Uh. He has never met his child, but they are still married, and she is insanely loyal to him. She has even said in a few interviews that if they had been together during his murder spree and if he had asked her to help him bury a body, she would have said yes.
0: What happened to her?
1: To I don't know. Her... I really don't know. This is one of those things that I will never, never understand. No. And she even said, I'm not scared by his conviction. It's good that women are scared of him. If that's the case, there's less competition for me. So that is the case of Sergei Tkach, the Polovsky maniac. Okay. So what is very interesting to me is how these cases overlap. And it makes me wonder if your two guys had some type of influence. Yeah. Because this had just happened. Like, he was caught in 2005. And like I said, it was a media sensation. But they were in court at the same time. Like, their trials were both going on in 2008.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: God. Which is just insane. Yeah. And I will say, when I was researching this topic, the Ukraine has just fucked up crimes happening. Like, Uh, yeah. I feel like people who kill in the Ukraine... They don't fuck around. They they don't fuck around. They have some big fucking numbers. Because who was the one I looked up earlier? Um, I don't remember his name. I'm so sorry. But he was... He killed 52 victims as he yeah. traveled across the country.
0: Yeah. Oh my and god. And
1: I'm like, "What?"
0: Yeah. Because I just there I there are serial killers. Gary Ridgway had almost 90 or yeah. had I think up to, uh, more than 90. You know, there are American serial killers that have high numbers. And
1: Well, I mean like Ted Bundy, he was convicted yeah. of what? Like 36 or something, but yeah. they really think it was in the hundreds.
0: Which, fair. But America also has a lot more people. So just number... Of, I don't know. I also just always think of serial killers in this sense as a very American thing. Um,
1: I do too. And it it is because a lot of it is very American, but... Is it just because we don't hear about well, I mean, other countries that we think that? Well, because mean, I've read that before. Yeah. But I'm like, but is it?
0: I, I think it is because when I was doing my research for uh, the serial killer in Mexico City, La Mata Viejita. Oh, that's um, right. I mean, serial killing is not something that really happens in this way in Mexico. And I think in a lot of other countries, it doesn't happen. Or it's just not as prevalent or like it, it, Yeah, I think it is seen as a very American thing, but then you see a lot of things of, uh, you know, serial killers in the Ukraine, serial killers in China or in Russia. I mean, it's not just an American thing, but it's just very interesting.
1: Right. Well, and in America, if you think about it, it was back in the seventies and eighties when there Mm -hmm. was just this like Serial killing spree. Yeah, because that that is when just so many of the really heavy hitters like Ed Kemper. Yeah. I mean Bundy and yeah, um, shit. God, so many of them. The Golden State Killer. I know was active in the seventies. Like just yeah. some of the biggest serial killers that we've had in our country's history happened in that time. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because I don't feel like you hear about serial killers really happening in this day and age, especially not to that degree right now. It's more things like mass shootings. Yeah. So like there still are killers with a high high count, but,
0: but it, it's, it's a very once. different
1: way. And, yeah. I, and I think a lot of it could be due to, you know, scientific investigations and discoveries. Mm. We We know so much more now yeah. than we ever could have known then. Yeah, which is one thing that's so so exciting about cold cases that are being looked into again with mm-hmm. this new lens of technology. Oh,
0: absolutely! And just how different things that you would never think that twenty three and me or the other like genetic. who I'm gonna spit in the tube and find out that, that what percentage of Italian I am. That that's gonna solve decades old murders. Yeah. And I, that's well, just fucking, it blows my mind. And I know
1: we've talked about it, but I, I, am I'm, I'm hoping that helps find Zodiac. Like how yeah. freaking cool would that no, be?
0: absolutely.
1: Which was another serial killer who was active around the seventies. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, it's just, it's very interesting. I also find it interesting that we both selected Cereal serial killers. killers, which yours was a little bit more of a massacre. I mean, it's, it's still serial killing because it is over an extended time period.
0: It's more, but three weeks, all those people. Yeah. Three weeks,
1: not 20 plus years like mine was, but still, um, I find that really interesting. I didn't, I did not know what to expect out of this episode when you picked the topic because Mm -hmm. I knew you had a case in mind. I didn't. And unfortunately it was not difficult to find one.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that's the perfect lead in for postmortem.
1: Yes, postmortem. We both brought some really intense cases yeah,
0: this to was a this very episode. Intense episode.
1: It's all we do now. Intense it intense. It really
0: is. I'm kind of I'm trying to think of ideas of is it possible for our next episode to be a little lighter?
1: No, but, because it's murder, it's not light.
0: Exactly. I'm like there's no there's no way no. for these topics to be easier light.
1: No, not at all. Well, I, I will say I do think I want to give this one to you just because of and, and maybe it's because you presented a lot of very detailed and graphic information, but you're started from, you know, the animal cruelty and then just the the complete lack of these guys giving any shits about anything and that they can video what they're doing and then just act casual as they're cleaning off the murder weapons.
0: Yeah, just the... Leaving
1: bodies behind.
0: The brutality of the murders in my case and the just how blasé they were about it is what sticks with... Like, that is just fucking horrifying. Yeah,
1: so I mean, there is no... There's no real contest, honestly, with this. I, I think you... So, this one goes to you.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. I think just all of it... I mean, your case was fucking a lot, too.
1: Um, it. Yes.
0: But, okay.
1: With that, I just want to say thank you to everyone. Yes. And seriously, be sure to listen to our episode here in two weeks. Yes, November twenty I mean, seventh.
0: Listen, listen to all the episodes. Listen to all but the, the episodes. You definitely, you do don't not want miss to that. miss the episode coming in two weeks. If if there is any day for you to be like, oh, I'll listen to it when it comes out. That is the that one. is the day
1: that is the day. It's it's going to be so so good. Yeah. Also, that is one of the cases the Lewis Clark Valley serial killer that our technology that we can do nowadays might solve this 40 year old case.
0: Absolutely.
1: So that's really exciting. And mm-hmm. that's something that we'll, we'll absolutely be yeah. talking to the investigators about.
0: Absolutely. And just definitely check it out. You can read a little blurb summary about it on the investigation discovery website. Yeah. And if you like crime documentaries, which obviously I'll do. Y'all listen to this. this yes, is like, you are going to love this.
1: It's one where we were watching it and there were like gasps.
0: Oh yeah, and
1: like because I just it's it's beautifully done. The the case is
0: it's gripping. Lots I, of twists and turns. I'm like hungry to know what happens next, but it's also one that the investigation's happening now you're with these investigators as they're going through it so i can't look up and be like oh this is how they solved it 20 years ago i i cannot wait for all of you to see the show and i can't wait to see the conclusion to see oh my gosh
1: yeah seriously it's just i'm so ready
0: yeah so thank you all for listening
1: be sure to rate and review us on itunes uh just hop on there, give us a quick five-star review, write a word review if you'd like. Um, we love hearing what you guys think. And like us and follow us on social. We yeah. are on there. And be sure to check out our brand new website. Yes. Bloodandwinepodcast.com. It is up. It's... Um, we're we're really excited to have that yes. platform for you guys to look at. Our show notes. Reach out to us. There's a contact section.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, yeah.
0: Yeah, we have a blog. You can listen to our episodes on the page. Yes,
1: our episodes are on the page as well. We connected them uh, as well as, like we said earlier, in mm-hmm. all podcast apps that you can find. We're on them all. Yes. Well, well,
0: thank you all so much.
1: That is a Blood and Wine signing off.
0: Bye, you guys. XOXO. Blood and Wine.
1: Bye. Bye.